We're judging the world and saying what sucks. We're reviews versus the world. <laughs> because I'm just doing a whiny voice, and that's not cool. Boo. Well, if we're not using the mics, then why do we have the mics? Because we're reviews versus the world. Whee! Yay! That's probably one of our more interesting ways to start we our podcast today. We rehearsed that for three hours. And we still sucked. I missed my line. <laughs> I didn't harmonize correctly. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Reviews versus the World today. My name is Emily. I'll be leading this podcast. Sherino, if that's not a word, it is now. We will be discussing today music, which is not something we do a lot Ooh. here at Reviews versus the World. Nope. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, John just showed a picture of Prince. Can we all just take a moment of silence and gather here today, talk about this little thing called life? I butchered the lyric, but if you Electric don't know what that is, life. it's not worth it. It's been a long time, and it means forever. Mm -hmm. There's something else. So is he the artist formerly known as Living? Oh. Too soon. Oh. Too soon. Oh. Good night. That's really interesting. Now I know what it's like when doves cry. Oh. <laughs> I just think God is planning a really cool concert because he has David it's Bowie, true. Lemmy, mm -hmm. and now Prince. Well, I saw a picture of, it's a picture of Michael Jackson, who was known as the King, oh, and Whitney like Houston, who's the Queen, or something like that, and Prince as the Prince, so got something going on up I there saw, for I sure. saw that where it was like, Elvis is the King, because... Yeah. yeah, well, Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty clear. familiar, yeah. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, Michael Jackson was referred to as the King of Pop. Excuse so, me. Well, according yeah. to my calculations of shut up, Brady. Yes, <laughs> so, again, we're talking about music today. We're going to be discussing albums that changed our life. Getting really philosophical. Maybe just really goofy. Who knows where this is going to go? I sure don't. To get the ball rolling, let me introduce everybody who's here with us today. Hanging out, keeping cool with the new mics. Mine's green. I'm excited about it. Brady is to my left. Howdy, howdy. Woohoo! And we have Nate. Hi. <laughs> Are you an alcoholic? That's what it is. Hi, I'm Nate. Hi, I'm Nate. Hi. I'm, I, I'm, I'm Nate, and um, I've been sober for 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you count Vic's 44 cops are up, then. <laughs> then three minutes. <laughs> Let's go. Exactly. And then we have John. It has been two weeks since my last podcast. <laughs> uh, breaking the streak. And then to my right, Aldo. Hello. 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 I'm not a soprano anymore. We just music. <laughs> we do music. I just music. <laughs> And then, of course, as everybody should know by now, I'm Emily. I'm the only girl in the group, unless they're having secret podcasts. I don't know about Is that happening? Guys, she's on to us. <laughs> they're all like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, Emily. <laughs> she's like the smurf head of the group. <laughs> Thank you. I think that's a compliment. I, I don't really so know too. anymore. Yeah. I, does that mean I'm the hot one? By default. <laughs> and also, I yes. I can't tell if that's a compliment or not. <laughs> it's, well, look, you gotta, hard, you just got hard truths. It's, you know. That's look, what we look, by. we don't have secret podcasts, but we may have uh, dude podcasts where we don't wear pants. It, it's called the Pretend to be an Anchorman podcast. 
And it's not really a co-ed thing. How do you know I'm not wearing pants right now? Because I gave you that blanket, and you need to keep it on. <laughs> please, dear heavens, please. You'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. <laughs> I love why, this group of guys. That's, that's why, why I hope... Me, we need to do our Simpsons podcast. Yeah. I, mean, so I think we need to get on that yeah. ASAP. ASAP. Yeah. I pray that people call me after I get out of a shower, just so I can use that line. <laughs> we'll find a time. We'll coordinate. It'll okay, be fine. Okay. So before we get started today, taking a trip down memory lane, for some of us it might have been yesterday, who knows, we're going to talk about the things we've been a little bit nerdy about this month. We're going to go ahead and start with Aldo. No, no, you started with me. Uh, <laughs> He's lost, not prepared. I was lost in thought. Uh, I've been doing uh, overly nerdy things like playing Ratchet and Clank. That's not nerdy. Uh, I was playing the original one. <laughs> Um, that's a little nerdy. That's a little nerdy. I was also also playing one of the games with the worst titles in existence, which was Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm Revolution 4. <sighs> Not There's to do that. I tried to, I tried to like, uh, what's what's the word when you just take the first letter of everything? Uh-huh. An acronym? An acronym? Thank you, that's the thing. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's an English, that's, that's a thing. That's an English. Uh, and it's still, it's, it makes like a word and a half when you just make an acronym out of it. And I was like, I give up. <laughs> it's like, I quit. And then I was playing uh, The Witcher and trying to convince people to play Gwent with me in real life, and that has not worked out very well. Maybe someday. <laughs> Today's not that day. No. <laughs> Maybe someday, also. Someday, I'll find my Gwent. Alrighty. I, no. Done. <laughs> I'm moving on. <laughs> moving on to greener pastures. He's taking off the headphones. He's serious. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, he's out. Alright. Tell us. John. Well, lately I've been uh, thoroughly engrossed in uh, Lamaze classes. <laughs> learning all about the disgusting miracle of life. Hey, the miracle of life is beautiful. You're yes, just a guy. It is also goopy. <laughs> hey, and, at least it's not uh, coming out of you. Y- yes, but if it was, I wouldn't be at an angle where I could see it. That's a good point. I am planning on being in the room, but out of the splash zone for the birth of my daughter. <laughs> right behind her. You're doing so good, honey. There's a video I'm going to have to show you later. Anyway. No. <laughs> no I've seen those videos already, and that's why I'm horrified. <laughs> are you Are you going to take a, like like one of the raincoats and just be ready for it? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> like, it's like, like a Gallagher show. <laughs> to see world that up. Really what, oh they take gosh. the baby out and beat it with a melon? Oh my I mean, a mallet? No, she like comes out with her own stool and, and mallet props. You oh, know. right, right. Oh, of course, naturally, yeah. naturally. And, and then, she, you know, their hair falls out when they're born, so it's just like the, the how, how did Gallagher describe it? A cue ball wearing a hula skirt? Yeah. This was just a ruse, so you guys know that I watched that special one time many years ago on Comedy Central. <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought you meant she was just going to fade into public obscurity. Not my daughter. Oh, <laughs> she's gonna be great. She's gonna be so beautiful and goopy, mostly and goopy. goopy. So goopy doesn't last long, and she's gonna smell so good for That's like. That's what I hear. My sister, who was like had her last child, is all like, "I want to come smell your baby." And I'm like, "Well, I don't know if you should." I'm gonna come right away. And I was like, "I." I Okay. One of the miracles of life. I, I I don't know why. I don't know if it's just pheromones or whatever, but newborn babies smell. No, it's so like good. it's like newborn baby, then new car smell, then like cookies when they come out of the oven, mm-hmm. then like uh, I, I don't have a funnier example. There's a punchline. Yeah. But nerdy stuff. No, I I'm starting to starting to watch Daredevil again because it bears repeating. Yeah. Um, it's that good. It's, I love it. And I'm um, really excited for Civil War. Yeah. Ooh, that's going to be so good. I see it on the second. I can't wait. 
So you guys want to know the current Rotten Tomato score? Yeah. No. Yeah, just tell us the Rotten Tomato score. Cover your ears. La 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 Ninety-seven percent. Yes. Only one negative. Out of how many? Out of how many? Nice. Because the players gotta play. You're safe. You're safe. Oh, okay, we're good. Keep so singing all. that anthem, though. That's just, all. Twenty-two percent. <laughs> well, at least it's as good as Batman vs Superman. <laughs> better, <even>. better. <laughs> about your about your baby being goopy, you will get to give it its first bath. Give her her first bath. Oh, good. And that's really cool. Cool. I'm not See? cutting the cord. I don't know why people think that's a thing. I have a humanities <laughs> degree. I'm not ready for minor surgery. Hey, it's it's like cutting the ribbon at, no. <laughs> at the opening of a new hotel. <laughs> it's like a giant novelty scissors. Yeah. <laughs> is the mayor there to give me a sash? Of course. Like, oh. Well, let's put it this way. The you already have the key to the city. But... For some reason, everyone who stands behind you is wearing a top hat. So, yeah. Now, I do like a sense of occasion for these sort of moments. There so you go. I can get behind that, but I can't get behind the goop and the cutting and the blood. and the... I can't talk about it. I'm going to get woozy. All right. Before John gets woozy, Nate, tell us what you've been into. Okay, well, I mentioned last podcast that um, I've been really into Usagi Ojimbo, and I'm still really, really into it. I read it all the time. Um, we, we may have a review up now on YouTube. Right. That Stephen, Stephen did a, a longer review of it, but um, anyway, but it's been awesome. I've been collecting the 600-page book volumes and everything. It's great. Um, and then the other thing is, is I have a five-year-old, who likes to play on the Wii U gamepad, you know, and stuff like that. So I decided I'd show him, like, what video games were like when I was his age. So I got an emulator and, like, every NES game, and nice. I've just been taking him through all of the different games I used to love to play when I was, like, you know, his age all the way up until Super Nintendo came out. Have you or anybody else gone back and played Duck Hunt? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Did you, like, not miss a single bird? Is it, is it really easy now for you guys? I think it's because they had like like a James Bond styled gun on the like mm-hmm. box right. when I did it and it felt cooler than <laughs> yeah. like the old school like huge. The, the best part right. is right. now that he's played Mega Man, n- next time he hears some sort of millennial going like, "Oh my gosh, this game is too hard! I can't get past the tutorial." He can be like, "Hey man, once <laughs> you, you, know. once you get beaten by eight different robot masters, <laughs> then you can complain." Oh, you can't man. save your game. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. So I take Elliot into a comic. Elliot's my son. I take Elliot into the comic book store. I say, you can pick out a comic. And he's like, okay. So he sees this Ben 10 comic book that he really wants. And I was like, well, but you like the Scooby-Doo books. And look, at here's one where the Flash helps Scooby-Doo, you know, solve a mystery. And he's like, no, I want the Ben 10. So anyways, I got my Usagi Ojimbo book, which is 600 pages. I let him get his Ben 10 comic book. We go up. And the guy says, okay, that'll be $42.37. And I go, but my book's only 25 And he goes, oh, the Ben 10's like a collection. like It's like five comic books in one. And I was like, oh, crap, really? And so I wanted to go put it back, but I knew how much Elliot wanted it. And I was like, okay, freak, I'll buy it into it. you know. And so I bought it for him, and he doesn't know how to read. Um, but... <laughs> But the cool what thing is, right? But the cool thing is, is um, his imagination, being a little kid, is still really, really strong. So, like, he'll go through and pick out pictures and tell me stories about like what's happening, mm-hmm. even though it's not really what's happening. I love that. So that's been a lot of fun. But um, yeah, anyway, that's my comic book story. So that's a good story. Yeah. Got Very a good fun. story for us, Brady? I do, in fact. Ooh. And mine also in- involves a little kid. My little four-year-old. 
My little four-year-old Emma. She's so cute. All of his kids are cute. In mm-hmm. case any of you were wondering. Yeah, I, I do have some pretty adorable kids. So Emma has been getting more and more into video games, like her daddy, mm-hmm. lately. And I think I mentioned a couple of times ago, we've been playing a lot of Plants vs. Zombies, Garden mm-hmm. Warfare 2, which she still insists on playing with me every day. <laughs> and it's, it's actually pretty adorable, because she's gotten, she's gotten to the point where it's kind of like... It's kind of like playing with toys, but with your characters up on the screen, because sometimes she doesn't want to go and fight the zombies. Sometimes what <laughs> she wants to do is go into the back of the house where there aren't any zombies, into these little portals, and fight pretend zombies, where they take you or they put you in a trap, and, and mm-hmm. it's just it's just adorable, and you have She's to you so know, go and find different things with her. It's, it's adorable. Um but the other the other thing that I've been playing with her is I got Twilight Princess HD. Oh, fun! And so oh, I've been doing Zelda with her, and you know, first of all, it's it's a great game. I think that Twilight Princess is criminally underrated in the Zelda pantheon. Way overrated. <laughs> I'm not even saying that sarcastically. That's my genuine opinion on it. I'm sorry. You're gonna hate. Uh, I love it. Um, <laughs> but it's it's interesting playing through it now with my four-year-old who can't read, so I have to read everything for her because, hey, it's Zelda. They don't talk. And <laughs> oh, please tell me you're doing voices. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. And it's adorable <laughs> because she gets mad if I try playing it without her in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she's like, wait, how are you not a wolf anymore? What happened, Dad? Did you play without me? And I got in trouble for that. So, um, other than that, I've actually been watching a little bit of anime. I, mm-hmm. I've gotten into Your Lie in April. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And I felt bad because it made me cry at work. Oh. Good. <laughs> so, That's you, when you not know that you have a watching good show. Anime at work. Oh, I, 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 I was watching anime. Have you, have you, so have you finished it? Um, no, I'm, all, I'm oh. almost there. But I also watch Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works, which... Long-winded titles. Yeah, yeah it, it's like it's anime or something. <laughs> and that was, that was pretty good. And I also watched... <laughs> I also watched um, The Seven Deadly Sins, mm-hmm. which was a lot better than I was expecting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I've watched some pretty good anime, which is weird because I normally don't watch anime. So yeah. next you should watch Marmalade Boy because <laughs> it's so girly and so 90s, and they play tennis. It's fun. You would hate it. Don't actually watch it. I love it. If I love it, you, you should, probably wouldn't. You should watch Maji. Have you have you tried that one? No, I have not. So <laughs> How long Ma- you Maji is, uh, is a retelling of uh, The Thousand Nights, A Thousand Tales. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Right. So it's Maji, the, the titular character, is the genie. And his sidekick, or the, I guess, not the sidekick, but the, he is the sidekick of Aladdin, and but Aladdin's portrayed as a secondary character. Uh, hmm. Okay. Cool. I will check it out. Ooh, yeah. So, back to me, because I know that's who you're all here to see. <laughs> Anybody? Nobody. They can't, they they hear can't you. see you. Did I say see? Yeah. Uh-huh. You guys. Although you need the cricket sound effect right here. Future Why do you have to tell me that I'm is. stupid? Okay. Just let me talk and, like, think it in your head. Man, this chick is stupid. She said it wrong. <laughs> She's dumb. Nobody Don't actually... Don't worry, we're all judging you. We just do it silently. Mm-hmm. It's Fair more enough. polite. It's much more polite that way. Smile, judging behind the eyes. And anyway. nothing's hurt except feelings. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, what have I been into? I didn't think about this very hard. I saw two cellos last night. 
Ooh, like cool. Two cellos concert. Like on the side. Oh, a concert. Mm-hmm. Not like two cellos on the side of the road kind of. No, no. There were like $45 tickets. No. See, and I went to the two cholos concerts. So. Dang it, you just <laughs> missed it. I went to uh, the Planets, the Utah Symphony, where they did the Planets mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. And what they did is the Hanson Planet, or the Clark Planetarium, which is in downtown Salt Lake City, uh, they brought their equipment. And so, like, when the symphony was playing Mars, the Bringer of War, they were showing high definition pictures of Mars up close. And they did it for every single. Yep. Yep. They did it for every single planet in the suite. It was really awesome. I love that. What did two cellos perform? Um. Have you seen two cellos at all? I am from uh, no. So there are these two but guys. I'm guessing that it's, it's a cello duet. It's like a cello, but there's another one next to it. <laughs> so these guys are like they're from Croatia. They're Croatian, and they started out on YouTube doing like cello covers of songs. Like they do classical pieces, and it sounds gorgeous. Oh, I love the cello. They were also in an episode of Glee where they did Smooth Criminal. Right, they were. Yeah, which is way fun. Dun, dun, I do dun, like dun, dun, Glee. Dun. Sorry, everybody. Um, but they do like really modern covers of things on cello. Like when we were there, I can't remember all the songs they did, but they did a lot of U2, a lot of Michael Jackson. And it just sounds really cool. And of course, they did an ACDC bit. I would have hell, everybody. Uh. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, I saw the Jungle Book, which I know a lot of people. It's funny because a lot of people either really like raved about it or other people were like this is kind of stupid but i was just kind of on the plane of i didn't hate it i didn't love it but i didn't hate it at all you know what i mean i thought it was excellent and i took it and i told my critic friend i was like i thought this movie was excellent and he's like "Mm, no he just glared at me i'm a critic i know a certified critic and i loved it i i I know it's so that just to add to emily i'm pointing at emily right just to add to emily's point (laughs) because nobody's actually watching this emily it's really it's really polarizing i worried about those because i like i didn't see cinderella in theaters i was like that's just an excuse to make money whatever right but we watched it online and it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cinderella was really cool. Some of the best cool. ever seen. Oh, yeah. And Kenneth Branagh directed it. Yeah. I love Kenneth yeah. Branagh. He's yeah. a great, great director, everything. He's great in Not to mention that. Cinderella's freaking hot, and she's also the girl that plays Elizabeth in Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Only oh. she's a brunette in that instead of well, a blonde. Well, she's uh, the cousin on um, Downton Abbey. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know her. And she's she's all now. over, if you will. Mm-hmm. I wish she was all over me. Oh, dear. Oh. Boo. Sorry. And today, I had a friend who was had his 25th birthday party. He made it, it this big deal of epic battling. So he made us all weapons, like, like real full-on awesome weapons, like swords and axes and things like that. It was so cool. So me and my husband, the time was coming. We were getting closer to the party, and we're like, we don't really have anything to wear. So we painted our faces blue, all a Braveheart. He went full Braveheart. I just did the Irish guy. Just the lines across the face. I still got it on my face. So when I walked into the place in which we record, I got stared at, and it's been a good day. <laughs> it's been a good day. She looks so. like she's ready to defend Dunkirk and Sterling. <laughs> yes, I am. I've only seen Braveheart once, and it was edited because it was on TV. <laughs> so no bare butts. And no, no, no. And I made out with my girlfriend through the whole thing. Do not remember one thing from it. I fell asleep the first time. At least time you I picked a long it. movie. Right. It's true. I don't kick your butt. Scotland kind of loses, but then they win. But then they lose again because they voted no. Well, this is what it is, like when I, when, I, when I watched Braveheart, I totally won. Right. So, so that's that. Uh, we're going to take a quick 
teeny itty bitty baby little break here. It could be five minutes. It could be six hours. You'll never know. <laughs> when we return, we'll talk about musics and stuffs. Woo! Go potty, everybody. I don't get cast anymore. Ow. That's because you're an old maid. It's so funny when I audition for shows with Curtis, and we say that we want to do the show together. They don't let us read with each other or, like, sing with each other. And it's like, do you have some kind of problem? We're not going to sit and make out on stage. like Unless it's that kind of play. Well, I mean. For those kind of plays. Well, <laughs> no, but it's like I don't get it. Because we're married, we have good chemistry, obviously. Are we're, we not cute enough together? <laughs> like, are you judging our marriage right now? If so, forget <laughs> you. Anyone would be a part of stupid show. Yeah, we're recording, by the way. You should probably not say any of this. <laughs> I would really actually appreciate it. I'll make sure to edit it all in. No, I would really appreciate that. The only oh, chemistry wait. I have is from high school chemistry class. The only chemistry yeah. I have is when I try to recreate two episodes of Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, wah, wah. That was a good joke. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome back to Reviews versus the World. I hope you all had a really good potty break. We had one. I mean, it's been 84 years. That's a Titanic quote that I poorly butchered. Because, <laughs> you know, at the end, right. we talk about. No, the ship. We, we got it. It just okay. wasn't funny. That, Nothing that, I say is funny, so... That joke, <laughs> that's funny. That joke sank faster than the Titanic did. Oh! oh. It didn't sink that fast, so I guess... I don't, I don't want to draw anyone in the room like one of the French girls. Oh, okay. Uh, Brady, well, is, Brady is pulling off that, <laughs> that <laughs> diamond necklace, though. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone I, I can pull off. I would say we're getting a little the, bit the too... The jokes are somehow degrading it's, as we keep on... I'm surprised actually, that mine has... It's actually a ring pop on a, on a piece of twine. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's elevated again. <laughs> All right. Oh. We're going to go ahead and start with Brady. We'd like to hear about the album that you say changed your life and why. All right. So I want to take you back a little bit in time. So, college. Mm-hmm. Great time in your lives, right? That was pretty good. You, you, think, you, think, you think, hey, this is going to be better than high school. <laughs> People are more mature. <laughs> That's the biggest lie you'll ever hear. Yeah. And then you start dating. Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes dating doesn't exactly go the way that you want it to go. Mm-hmm. And you have breakups. And when those breakups happen, Real Big Fish has your back. Right. Yeah. As my album that I want to talk about is Cheer Up by Real Big Fish. Yes. So, really, after every breakup that I have ever had, I, well, you know, since the album came out and I discovered it and realized, oh my gosh, this is amazing, I have listened to that album constantly and, you know, just kind of scream-sung it at the top of my lungs mm-hmm. as I drove around in my car, angry driving safely, because I'm, I'm like that. Um, and just everything about it, every song, mm-hmm. you know, has, yeah. has something to add to how you feel when you go through a breakup. And it's interesting, Aldo pointed out, as, as we were getting set up today, that 
none of these songs on this album are actually in Real Big Fish's top ten on Spotify, mm -hmm. which I thought was crazy. Right. And then I realized that that's because this works better as an album altogether than it does individual songs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely a progression there. Oh, um, yeah. So, without further ado, do you guys want me to just take it song by song? And then, yes. Yeah. And then, if it. you guys have any any comments about any of the songs, we just, will jump on in. You know, just pipe up. All right. So you start off. You know, you had just gotten your heart broken, and the first thing that you do is you're going to get a little bit nostalgic. Yeah. And, and you're going to remember how things go. You know how things were. Right. And how things were happy. And how you're in denial that what has happened to you has happened to you. Right. And so you listen to Good Thing. Mm-hmm. Because it talks about how you have a good thing going with someone. And you don't want to see it end. Mm-hmm. But, of course, it did end. <laughs> and so then the album progresses to Somebody Loved Me. Mm -hmm. So, any comments from you guys so far? Because we all listen to each other's albums, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you didn't, you're in trouble. <laughs> so uh, somebody loved me is when you started thinking, gosh, why? How, you know, you you just talked about how you had this good thing going on, and then you think about it, why? How 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 did that? How was that even possible? And then you know, I love a couple of lines in here. Um, well, just the, I think somebody loved me once, but I cannot remember why. Is mm -hmm. the chorus. Um, but you smile at my face, but you wish I was dead, mm -hmm. yeah. which is how I felt like with some of my breakups as when I was the breakup E mm -hmm. instead of the breakup -er, and they tried to have a cheery attitude about it and I didn't want to hear any of it. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's always hard. All right. And, the least. Yeah. Hmm. And then you have the next song, which is Band the Tube Top. Mm -hmm. I love that song so that much. Song. <laughs> Which is just enough fun to forget about things for yep. a minute. Mm -hmm. um, because it's all about, you know, this girl who's cute, underage, which is a little bit creepy, but wearing a really ugly tube top. Right. Mm -hmm. Which I don't know who tricked girls in general to get them to wear those because it just... It makes no sense. Right. Yeah, and it can mm -hmm. be comfortable. I don't know. I've never worn one. Mm -hmm. That might be a surprise <laughs> to some of you, but you I've never worn a tube top. You should try it. a relief than a surprise. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you wear a tube top. It's for fun. <laughs> Sometimes the tube top wears you. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to know what that looks like. <laughs> and then this is one of the reasons why I absolutely love this album. Because you think about ska, ska in general is very happy music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... It's if punk were happy and had horns, <laughs> yeah. this, then it would be ska. Yeah, you know? third uh, third wave ska. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And the great thing about this is a lot of the songs, you know, have that that fun, happy bend to them until you listen to the lyrics. Right. right. I think that's what makes it great, though, because exactly. you're sitting there and you're enjoying yourself, and then you realize, oh. Yeah, I never looking at this like I. I just all of these songs are peppy, upbeat sounding, mm -hmm. but then the lyrics, I'm like, oh, this is a good breakup album. Yeah. But I never would have thought of it that way, because right. it's all just like, ah, oh. and then, oh, oh, it's sad. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so you have the song Cheer Up, mm -hmm. which Title is, oh, 
I, I, I love that song. Oh, yeah. You say you're down, can't lose that frown. Life sucks, what else is new? Yeah. <laughs> That's probably my favorite line. I've got a funny feeling we're all born to lose. Mm-hmm. And I've got a funny feeling that this life ain't worth living. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cheered in there, and you're like, yeah, hey, wait. I think, I think. well, you'll get to it, but I think the next track's probably my favorite off the album. I'll oh, say mine, the, too. The, the next track, this is the, now, this is the track that, as I would listen to this after a breakup, I would replay this one over and over and over, and I would lose my voice mm-hmm. just screaming it mm-hmm. as, as, as I, you know, as I sing it. And that's, where have you been? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That song, it's, like... Hits me, you know oh. what I mean. Well, and you know, it's as, as I was thinking about it, it's really all about when you're in the breakup mode. You think of, you know, in a couple of years they might come back to me, and they want might want to get back together, and this is what I'm going to tell them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell them off, and it's all their fault. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. You say you love me and you love me again. Well, if you love me, where have you been? Right. Mm-hmm. You say you say you need me more than anyone else. Well, go to hell. Like I love that line the best. I always shout, "Go to hell!" Uh-huh. <laughs> like, when I listen to that song. It reminds me of a very specific person in my head every time. Oh, everyone! I think everyone has. That. Yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure. Yeah. Mine was fairly recently, but it kept happening over and over again within a period of like six months. Mm-hmm. With the same person, just over, over, over. Which let's hope that she doesn't listen to this. Mm-hmm. She won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then of course you have a, the next one is about the most peppy and upbeat song in the entire album, but it's definitely not the most upbeat message, no. which is suckers. Yeah, which is short for this one's for all the suckers who still believe in love. Right. So the next song <laughs> on the album is the the perfect response. To let's stay friends, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's the song "What Are Friends For," mm-hmm. and it's it's also the point in the album because you know I, I see this album as kind of a progression yeah. mm-hmm. um, of realization of as you think back about on a relationship, and this is the first time in the album where it's a little bit of maybe it's my fault. You know, there's a little bit of doubt there in this song, and speaking of doubt. A little doubt goes the next goes a long way. Is the next song on, mm-hmm. on the album, and that one's just a lot of fun. Oh yeah, um, and it's it, it makes me smile every time that I hear it. In fact, <laughs> in fact, just a few minutes ago we listened to it for a little bit so that we could sing along because I gotta go, gotta go before, before I, I do something, something stupid. stupid. I, gotta I gotta go. go. I gotta go. Gotta go. So much fun. Um, anyway, and then the next one is getting ready for your future lifestyle. Dateless losers. <laughs> Thanks, Brady. Yeah. It is, it's, I mean, yeah, it's sad, but it is upbeat enough to make you feel okay about it. Right. <laughs> You're like, well, at least they're happy. We are all on happy. our own with no one but ourselves. <laughs> we sit in our rooms. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, um, and then the next song is a song that I would like to, you know, just throw in my, the name of whoever it was that just tore my heart in two instead of the name of the song, which is Valerie. Mm-hmm. And this song is, it, it's a pretty powerful one. Um, 
You know, the my life is through and you're to blame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So head. So the the next song is just a fun one that shows that hey, real big fish can do a little bit more than ska. They can do eighties hair metal. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I'm not really that much of a fan of. Especially on my breakup album, so but Still, rock and roll is bitchin', so... It is a fact. So, you know, I I can't Can't argue with that. Can't deny. And then what's possibly the weirdest addition to this entire album is they have a cover of New York, New York. Not just a cover of New York, New York. An acapella cover of New York, New York. I love it, though. That's one of my favorites on the album, just because, I don't know. Well, it speaks to me. It'd be fun in the live show to see. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's my favorite version of that song, which is saying a lot, because, you know, I'm... I'm putting real big fish up against up against the greats, mm-hmm. against Sinatra. Hello. To start. And yeah, while it it might not be quite as musically proficient as Sinatra's version, it's just makes me smile a lot more. Oh yeah. Um, and then we get a little bit of an instrumental mm-hmm. piece. So the next one, which is Sayonara Senorita. Mm-hmm. So even though it's an instrumental song. It still gets a little bit of that, Ugh, screw you for dumping me. <laughs> right, you can taste it almost. Yeah, exactly. And um, then we get your classic it. true ska, off beats and all, with their version of Boss DJ. Mm-hmm. I love Boss DJ. Have you ever heard the original Sublime, Sublime. version? Yes. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. I like Sublime. Yeah, I do Sublime's too. Sublime's great. Yeah. I think it, it's one of those required, like, oh, you were a kid in the 90s? Right. So you like Sublime. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Nirvana, too. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm to that point where it's like, hey, Foo Fighters are a lot better than Nirvana, guys. Right. Can we just admit that? <laughs> no, just... be quiet. <laughs> Your head's fighting with you. No! <laughs> but, but, anyway. And then this next song, I, I, I really like to group these two songs together. Um which is Brand New Hero and Drunk Again. Mm-hmm. Because Brand New Hero, I would always identify with a lot. Because, you know, I I don't know if you guys can tell, but I have a little bit of a big personality. What? And oh, hey. No. That's, oh, an, that's an oxymoron. Some kind of moron. And, and, <laughs> and you know, it's, it, it's, it's weird, because I, I feel like I always have a bigger personality with a group of people than I do one-on-one. And mm-hmm. so I feel like a lot of my relationships... You know, especially especially in college, people were expecting me to like almost always be putting on a show, and mm-hmm. that's that's not how I am one on one. Right. And so I feel like this song really identifies with me because it's you know I've got big dreams but no self esteem. Right. Right. Um. So it's you know that dichotomy of this is what you think I am. You're going to need to find a brand new hero. That's not. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not who I am on mm-hmm. a one-on-one basis. Right. And then the the final acceptance that I screwed up. Mm-hmm. This is my fault. Mm-hmm. And it's such a powerful song in Drunk Again. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, that song is a, a hard perfect hitter. cap to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and because it's it's the realization that it's gone. Right. And learning right. to accept it, but it punches you in the face. And oh. I hate love songs that do that. Was there a was there a hidden track? I mean. There's a hidden track on uh, Cheer Up, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Uh, give it to me. It's yeah. called Give yeah. It to Me. Yeah, yeah. You got to give, give it, it to me, me, which is a remake. 
Which is a remake as well, or a, a cover, cover as well. Yeah. That's one of those where it goes, you know, it's like the hidden track, so it goes quiet, and then you're just like, where did this come from? What's I going on? I love yeah. those. Those are, those, sometimes those are like my favorite songs. Like, hey, Nash right. has this album, like, at the end, there's a song called Little Red, at the after the last song, and I didn't hear it until, like, the fourth time I listened to the album, and I'm just like, oh, I'm doing other stuff. What? And that's been my favorite well, uh, song. My Chemical Romance also had one for Black Parade. They had a hidden uh-huh. track. Mm-hmm. It's probably... Blood. One of the best Justin songs. Justin Timberlake had one on his newest album. Like, I'm all for that. Um, speaking of Real Big Fish Live, I've seen them four or five times live. Ooh, and they have a song called Suburban Rhythm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So anyways, it's kind of a short song. Well, at their concerts, they play it like normal, like Scott. And they're like, how would it sound as disco? And they totally play it in the style of disco. How would it sound as a sad country song? You know, and they do it that way. It's really, really cool. They have they're, like, fun, they're fun live. It's oh, yeah. Yeah. With, you know, it's different than just listening. Because, you know, listen at home. If it sounds the same as you listening at home, then why go to the show? Right. Right. So, they, they make it a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. Artists who can really make an experience out of it, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, here's the thing about this album. You know, I it really really affected me a lot in my college years when I was going through all that dating and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to trying to find someone to settle down with and, mm-hmm. you know, just feeling like a, a little bit lost and cheer up would always kind of bring me back to reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as, as a side note, about eight years ago, <laughs> yeah, when I actually, um, after my first date with my wife, with my now wife, um, I actually threw away the CD. Yeah. Oh. Wait, say eight years ago? Has it been that long it's already? It's been that long. Because oh. we're married for seven, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what's... Sorry. I... I don't know if Brady saw it, but I think today, actually, uh, on, on this momentous occasion, just talking we about we became friends on Facebook. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> fresh. Aww. Oh, shoot. Feels. I uh, love that, though, when you have, it's it's almost healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what exactly, I mean? Exactly, because it, I, I, you know, I, I knew right away with my wife that, that I would marry her, and, and I love her so much, and I knew oh, yeah. that right then with that first date mm-hmm. that I was able to say, you know what? This album was needed for me, mm-hmm. but preparing for this podcast was the first time that I've listened to it since. Since, yep. Wow, wow. that's crazy. That's awesome, though. And so it it felt good to reminisce, and then also, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and mm-hmm. you know, you kind of realize, man, I was I was kind of an idiot, <laughs> you know, making oh. kind of a big deal out of this. But then again. Also, when you're not in the moment, you can't really have those feels. Right. Well, because sure. you can see things in the past with perspective, like this led to that, which led to this, yeah. and then, oh, yeah. you know, I'm Absolutely. glad that it happened. It sucked at the time, mm-hmm. but good thing that it did, because otherwise I wouldn't be where I am now. Right. Mm-hmm. Provided Absolutely. that you're in a better place. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you'd be like, no! No! Right. Why didn't no things go better then? Yeah, there's a reason I can't. I still can't watch 500 Days of Summer, but that's lost. Awesome. I love that movie. Mm. It's such it's a good such movie, a good, but yeah. it, was, it it I watched it like a thousand times over at such a bad time in my life that like yeah, I'm not ready. Right. Someday I'll be ready. <laughs> love you, Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> so I, I I'd, I'd be interested in finding out. Aldo, how did you feel about this? Because I know that Scott probably <laughs> isn't your bag. It's not. It's not. I don't like Scott, with the exception of like three Sublime songs, which I've been told are not Scott, and I keep saying. <laughs> I don't get your music. <laughs> and then I go home and cry a little. Um, <laughs> I, it was it was background music to me. I, I like 
so one of the things I was telling Brady was everybody's album that we are going to be talking about. The thing I did was I went to the Spotify thing and I was like, if I was going to listen to one song out of each album, what song would it be? And it would, my thought would be would be the top, the top one for uh, you know in Spotify top ten. Mm-hmm. As Brady mentioned at the beginning, his his album didn't have any songs in those top ten, so I just kind of listened it through it and I was like, okay. It's ska. I'm not really a big fan of ska. I don't get it. I don't like it. So it was, uh, I don't know, for a ska album, I guess it was fine. Okay. As I, a, I was just kind of interested. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I like the message, which I didn't get because I wasn't actively listening to it. You didn't see it as a work altogether. Yeah. Like no, as I, an album I, as much as getting a sense of. Yeah, I was hoping at least one song would like really grab me and I would be like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really get that like cause it's just not my genre. And I listened to a lot of stuff. It wasn't bad. I'm not saying it's a bad album. It's just not my cu- my my cup. Not of your tea. cup of tea. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. for sure. It was good. I I wouldn't mind listening to it if it was playing at a hot topic when I was shopping in there. For <laughs> <a hour. laughs> and so I think like Sayonara Senorita works because it's good background music for like a party or something. Yeah, because oh, yeah. it's just totally. kind of like it's yeah. happy, it's fun, just easy. It's a lot of scuff for me. I don't. I just don't actively listen to it. I mean, it's not everybody's yeah. thing. No, it's exactly. not like. Ska's not my favorite either, but I will still listen to ska music, just not necessarily actively. Well, see, and like I've, there's three waves to ska. There's traditional Jamaican ska, which came yeah. out in the 50s and early 60s, mm-hmm. kind of went away when reggae got big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in England, they picked it up, kind of like the band Madness, mm-hmm. our house in the middle. If you listen to yeah. it, there's a little bit of a ska beat through yeah. it. Oh, really? So it's more like 80s new wave ska. And then there's third That's wave ska, happen. which is basically the punk rock with what horns. We have today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what Real Big Fish is, but it's still a lot of fun. So, I mean, I think that even if you're not a third wave ska fan, some of that early fif- or late 50s, early 60s is a lot of fun to hear from Jamaica. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Anyway. Speaking of the 60s. Into the 70s. I don't know when this album came out. Nate, <laughs> tell us about yours. About the album that changed your life. The came album out. that changed my life. Um, can I do two honorable mentions? Is that yeah, okay? Sure. Quickly. Okay, cool. so... Um, don't know why I'm talking like this. My Hello. first honorable mention is... Um, so in San Francisco, well, Berkeley, California, there was this record label called Lookout Records, and that's where Green Day actually uh-huh. started out. Yeah. Right? Well, um... I went to this show when I was 12 or 13 in San Francisco, and um, m- my cousin was with me, and there was a band playing called the Mr. T Experience, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were so freaking fun to watch. I love that and name. So, right. And so anyways, um, I bought an album there called Revenge is Sweet, and so are you. Mm-hmm. And um, it's they're all, like Brady said, like they're mostly about like how all of his... Like, all of the songs are about, like, love is dead, and, like, you know, he's just sad all the time, but it's funny. Um, on another album that they do, uh, they have a song called Even Hitler Had a Girlfriend, oh my which, is, which was my mantra through high school. Oh, man. That's so you need I got to it go tattooed on, on my forehead. Right? No, you need to go to YouTube and look, out, look at Even Hitler Had a Girlfriend, because it's great. Um, and then the other album I wanted to mention was Coheed and Cambria's In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard it back in 2003, and it really uh, resonated with me. And so I've been a huge Coheed and Cambria fan. I know that they're very much an acquired taste. Yeah, for sure. But, um, mm-hmm. but I love them to death. So um, 
But anyway, okay, so for my album, it came out in the 60s, 1966, mm-hmm. and that's the Beatles' Rubber Soul. Oh, it was 65. But it was December, so you were... Right. You were almost... Well, it was... Well, that, and then, like... Uh, different different then a couple months, yeah. a couple months after that, their album Revolver came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so good. Yeah. yeah, we love Brady. Was like really Rubber Soul over over so Revolver. So one of the things I was actually gonna, I was actually gonna grab uh, Rubber Soul as my album, but I, I kept remembering we're like, oh, we, Nate might be on here. I was like, I don't want to take it away from Nate because Nate and I have talked about Rubber Soul extensively right. about why it's one of our favorite albums. Right. Um, and I was like, no, Nate's reason is much more personal. I want, I want him to have it. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, thank you, Aldo. If you hadn't been here, it would have been mine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, to to <laughs> thank you. We could um, have had two Beatles. Well, it's, it's amazing because, like, Aldo and I have a lot of different backgrounds. or mm-hmm. Like, our backgrounds are totally different. But there's some things that we agree on that I think both of us are passionate about. Unity, everybody. Yeah. Friendship. But we, but we respect each other's opinions. Mostly. You know? Mostly. <laughs> so anyways. Um, so a little background um, on Rubber Soul. When I um, was in sixth grade, I found my parents' Beatle records, and I put them on, and I was like, oh, my gosh, these guys are amazing. Mm-hmm. This is so cool. And so I got really into the Beatles. Well, I really wanted a CD player for Christmas because yeah. they were still pretty new. Um, and I asked for the Beatles' Red album, which was their greatest hits from 64 to 66. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, my grandma, who had cancer, was living with us. And for my birthday, she bought me Rubber Soul. And then she passed away just a couple months after that. But um, I would sleep on the floor while she slept in my bed, and we would turn on Rubber Soul every night and mm-hmm. listen to it. And um, there are a lot of songs on there that, like, when I think about... I mean, there's stuff about, like, love and lost and everything, mm-hmm. but... Mm-hmm being grateful for that um but the tone of the album also to me is it's kind of a little stormy like it's a little bit darker as revolver is a little more upbeat and happy rubber soul just has has this way of um feeling like love and loss you know usually the beatles sing about being in love but but rubber soul is kind of like this is what happens when when relationships fall apart in a way, so um, I won't talk about every song individually. Um, so uh, track number two on the album is Norwegian Wood. One of my favorites. Love right, which is awesome, songs. but it's about a a love affair that John Lennon had on his wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What What I like about it is like the story it tells in the song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so and then um, which oh sorry I, I thought you were oh, going to expand ahead. on no, it. No, go ahead. Like, if you haven't actually actively listened to the lyrics, it's about a guy that goes home with a girl and she doesn't they don't sleep together so he ends up sleeping in the tub right and when she she leaves for work before he even wakes up he wakes up he's alone in the house mm-hmm. and he lights it on fire and goes home yep <laughs> so norwegian so, wood is, is talking about the type of wood that the yeah. right apartment is made out of right um you won't see me is track three Classic. and love it yeah, yeah. So um, that one's that one's a lot of fun. Like if you do this, then you won't see me anymore. Yeah. Um, number four, nowhere, man. Yeah. Um, I think I classic I've, Beatles harmonies. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've always kind of felt like a nowhere man sometimes in my life. Yeah. Or you know, you just kind of get in a depression or whatever, you know, and you're not making any plans. You're just depressed, and you know that's how it goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I feel like liking Drive My Car is all of a sudden inappropriate. Right. <laughs> like, I was like, I really love that song. Well, no, I, I love Drive My Car. In fact, the first time I ever heard it, um, I was watching The Nanny. <laughs> I love the nanny. <laughs> and she oh my said, gosh, she made yeah, a mention to drive my car, and yeah. so I had to. I went. I was like, wait a second, and I went and got my Rubber Soul album. I was like, this is it. Um, <laughs> so drive my car is a good song. Um, think for yourself. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't come to me for advice anymore. I'm done dealing with mm-hmm. you. Um, it's kind of a geeky song, but track six is the word, word. which I, is I love the kind of. Funk feel. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. There is a funk feel to it. Um, That's actually my least favorite song. Right. Album, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All so relaxed funk. It's it's interesting. Um, yeah, but yeah, the word is love. If you don't know, the word is love, and that one's I think a little more peppy and yeah. actually about being yeah. in love that the Beatles are kind of known for. Yeah. Um, then we got Michelle, which, which is one of my favorite oh, yeah. intros. To one of my least favorite Beatles songs. Yeah. <laughs> so what? So I, I, it's one of those songs that I love a lot. Like I don't know why I love it so much. It's probably because I was learning French at the time. I was in, in junior high. Uh huh. And so they had the the two little lines in there, um, that are in French, which translate to these are words that go together well, which they do say in English. Uh huh. Um, and I love it so much. And there's uh, there's this. I don't want to give too much away. There's a store I visit uh, on a on a monthly basis. Uh, basis, and there's a girl there that works there, and her name is Michelle, uh-huh. and I have been actively trying to date this girl, <laughs> mostly, <laughs> mostly so that I can just play this song to her, and then if she wants to break up with me, that's fine, I did it. Um, <laughs> right. I uh, I had a girlfriend named Michelle that I, I really liked that mm-hmm. left and left me sad. <laughs> um, Which but, takes us back yeah. to the last album. Yeah. <laughs> she takes us back to... Uh, cheer up. Um, okay, and then um, what goes on? Mm-hmm. What goes on in your heart? What goes on in your mind? He's, it's a guy who's really confused about, you know, what is she thinking? What does she want? You know, and I think that's something when a relationship is falling apart um, that you kind of go through. Like, you can't read somebody's mind, you know, even though you try. Oh, yeah. Um, you know. Um, then there's Girl. Mm-hmm. Which is a great song. Um, then we have I'm Looking Through You, which I love. Um, there was that movie Ghost Town with Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Yep. They actually mm-hmm. play that song through the opening mm-hmm. sequence. Um, that's, the, that's what I think of when yeah. I heard that song. And it's, it's kind of like... Um, I don't know exactly how to say it. It's like, now your secrets are all exposed to me. Now I know the type of person you are, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty much done mm-hmm. with this now. I see that you're going. This is what you want. I'm fine. Just go. Um, and then the next uh, the next song on the album is probably my favorite Beatles uh, song of all time, yeah. which is In My Life. Mm-hmm. And it always has me reminiscing about girls from the past or... Or friendships, but mostly important is that my grandma, who is one of my best friends and you know who I yeah. love most in the world, she bought me the album, mm-hmm. and that song really, really hits me hard because you know you're singing about in in life. There's loves that stay and loves that go, mm-hmm. and but they're all still important, and Absolutely. you'll and you'll find love again 
mm-hmm. that may or may not work out. There's there's also really beautiful orchestral. Yeah. I don't want to call it cover, but it's a, like a suite of it uh-huh. that George Martin, who actually recently passed away as well, mm-hmm. right? Um, he yeah. produced it, and he had Sean Connery. I don't want to say sing. He spoke the lyrics to it, and it's actually just a very beautiful little melody that he does. So right. Yeah. That sounds awesome. It's like the uh, the Beatles uh, made-for-TV movie Magical Mystery yeah. Tour. <clears throat> they have the most beautiful orchestral uh, rendition of, um, oh, what was it? Close your eyes and I'll miss you too. Tomorrow. Oh. Yeah. All my loving. Love all my loving. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. all my loving, and it's got this beautiful orchestra score. And I wish like crazy it existed somewhere, but yeah. I don't right. think it does. It's uh, except on that movie. So, so the album that, that I was talking about, it's actually called In My Life. It's by George Martin. It's uh-huh. not attributed to the Beatles, but he takes uh, probably eight, eight or ten songs, and he does covers with them. So he has that In My Life with Sean Connery that I highly recommend you listen to. Yeah. Bell's Pass. I Am the Walrus with Jim Carrey, um, oh, Come Together with Bobby McFerrin and uh-huh. Robin Williams. Wow. Um, so he ha- he gets like a lot of all-star talent, but he just kind of goes really creative. He does uh, Hard Day's Night with Goldie Hawn. Uh-huh. Interesting. Really fantastic cover. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Keep anyway. Sean Connery does something with the album cover. <laughs> <laughs> or an anal bum cover. <laughs> Shuck it for Beck. <laughs> um, so In My Life is probably my all-time favorite Beatles songs because mm-hmm. it makes me think of love and yeah. the loves I've had, the loves that I will have, what it's have really you, stuff like that. Um, then there's uh, track number 12 is Wait, um, which is somebody trying to catch up with somebody in a relationship, but sometimes it doesn't really work because they're too far ahead of you and pretty much they'll end up be- being gone. Right. They- you're just out of stride. Um then if I needed someone's track thirteen, um, it's more of a, a love song where saying if I needed somebody to love you, then you'd be the one that I want to love. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next song, <laughs> the last song on the album, <laughs> is "Run for Your Life," and it's basically John Lennon singing to his girlfriend, "If you cheat on me, I am going to kill you," <laughs> which is super hypocritical, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> Oh, it's man. also it's also one of those things where like if you're not like deep into the into like the the history of the Beatles, you don't know that John Lennon was actually a very violent uh, person. Right. Yeah. Um, and they make a, a lot of allusions to that, and it, in fact, and it's getting better. They talk about how he one of the lines is he's getting better at not being violent. Right. <laughs> Which I, I used to be cruel to my women. I beat her and kept her apart from the things that she loved. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. I, I love it that, like, you know, there is history to the Beatles. It's not yes. just, oh, they had a lot of really great pop songs back uh-huh. and rock and roll and everything. Yeah. But also, you know, yeah. I think that, right. you know, like the Beatles or hate the Beatles or whatever, I think every music, every musician or band or group that you love, you can tie back, whether they're, it's them themselves they're or their own influence. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. The there's the influence there is music, but fashion... Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah. if you if you like look at the fashions we have, I mean, you look at the the different ways the Beatles would dress and how many people they influenced to dress like them. Do you yeah. think it was all like right place, right time? Like, yes. Post war, like it, yeah. I think of... it was very much a stars aligned type thing. Yeah. I mean, you you had you had these friends that just kind of met up almost randomly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the fact that they were on concert tour at the same time as Ringo Starr's group was in concert. The mm-hmm. fact that. 
Right. Uh, Brian Epstein saw them yeah. that particular yeah. night. Uh-huh. George Martin picked them. Like it was, it really All the was just a came together. Exactly. Yeah. And the they fact, like too. the timing, like this was post uh, post World War Two. It was just. Mm-hmm. It really was just all the stars aligned for the Beatles, oh, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, the <laughs> I just love. <laughs> it says, <clears throat> "You better hide your head in Sam, little girl, because if I catch you with another man, that's the end." Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I love that song. So, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. anyway, one of the things I like about this album, I don't know, I don't know if you agree with me on this, Nate, but it was that. I feel like this is the first album where they started experimenting. Oh yeah, totally. This yeah. Is, because yeah. this yeah. comes right after was it right after Help? Help. Right, right mm-hmm. after Which Help. Which was like the last really poppy rock uh, album that came out. And this one you have a lot of acoustics, and this is also where they started modulating their voice. Because right. John Lennon actually was not particularly fond of his own voice, so he'd always mm-hmm. ask George Martin to, to change it. Yeah, to change modulate his own. I love um, called Revolver, like. For me, is like almost a companion piece. Like, I like I love Revolver so much, and that's when they really hit the experimentation the most. Yeah. Like, well, that's where they have like Tomorrow Never Knows. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Tomorrow Never Knows yeah. is great. Um, but yeah, just I mean, I've been into the Beatles since sixth grade, and um, mm-hmm. I've always loved them. My my dad was a teacher. And I gave him all my Beatles CDs, and I had him make photocopies of all the albums and the pictures mm-hmm. and everything. And then I decorated my whole locker with nothing but Beatles stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, not that I was, like, in love with any of the Beatles. <laughs> like, girls were. But, like, they just influenced me so much and made me really love and appreciate music yeah. that, you know, is, you know, it, it comes down to right now. I, they're still my favorite band, and I don't think there's oh, yeah. anybody yeah. that'll ever replace them. There's there's a clip. Uh, so I don't know how recently it's been since you last watched the anthology uh, mm-hmm. documentary. And there's a part in there where I think it's when they're coming over to the United States the first time, and they're they're interviewing people that are waiting at the airport. And there's one person that always reminds you of Nate, and it's like, and it's not even because of the looks. It's just because of like what he says, mm-hmm. and this is what I imagine Nate would be like. But it's kind of this husky kid. It looks like he works in a farm. And his face, it's black and white, but you can tell that his face is just red. Mm-hmm. Like he's holding back tears. And he's like, we waited here since like six in the morning. And they won't even let us see them. And they don't understand. And I was like, <laughs> if, if Nate had been in the 60s, that would have been him. That yeah. So been angry. Right there. Yeah. That would have. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. But but Nate, actually, I... I uh, not because we're BFFs, because we don't hang out every other Sunday, but um, because Nate and I have had extensive conversations mm-hmm. about our mutual love of the Beatles. Every time I listen, I sit down and listen to a Beatles album, I'm always like, I wonder what Nate thinks about this one, especially yeah. when it's one we haven't totally about. discussed. Because mm-hmm. that's one of those things that you and I, at least very early on when we first met, that was one of those yeah. things that we, we would talk a lot about. Right. Um, I know this isn't on the album, but I think my... Second favorite Beatles song is um, "I've Just Seen a Face." Yes. It's so good. Uh, help. Um, anyway, yeah, we can move on now. <laughs> <laughs> I, we can, although now I could go back and forth. Beatles. I'm just going to change together. my choice to Sergeant Pepper because yeah. <laughs> uh, Sergeant Pepper is amazing. So happy yeah. wrote. Honestly, we could do we could do a reviews versus the Beatles, and it would just be Nate and myself talking for two hours. Right. The rest of us trying to pivot. it. Oh, but do you remember that time? Okay, I guess. I like Lady Donnie. Shut up, you. You don't know what album that's on. Oh, sorry. Speaking of John, tell us about your album. Which well, I, I feel like I don't one. have 
the same kind of clo- like I don't have like this this cathartic story where like he got me through breakups and then I met the one and I right. threw it away or my grandmother was dying and gave me this album and that's how we bonded you know at the end of mm-hmm. her life and mm-hmm. it's become I picked Third Eye Blind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first, the first Third Eye Blind. Now, I mean, it's a like, great album. everyone yeah. knows and remembers this album. I'm guessing everyone had this at one point. Yeah. 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 Still, I mean, obviously. Oh, yeah. It's not like you right. lose your music. <laughs> what? Uh, so, before this came out, my I didn't really, like, buy music, buy mm-hmm. CDs. I remember being really excited the year before to get... Uh, Weird Al, Bad Hair Day. Yeah, right. I had That's that album. album which, yeah, like I'm really sad that the alternative polka is how I first heard a lot of those songs besides mm-hmm. the radio. And then now uh-huh. that's the kind of music I'm like, yeah, that's you know I really love those like the bands that he did on that mm-hmm. song. Yeah, and like you know, we had my parents were part of one of those like CD clubs where you get a couple of CDs a month kind oh, of thing the back Columbia in the day. Yeah, but yeah. then they like totally kill you with the price later oh, on. Yeah. We didn't have it forever. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I listened to my parents' music. Um, Spin Doctors was really big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> cool. Which that whole that whole album was cool. Well, they sound cool until I get to the rest of their music. Um, oh. <laughs> I don't know where you were the last time you heard Steely Dan, but it was probably an elevator. <laughs> And exactly. uh, uh, Billy Ocean was a big one. Yeah. Um, used to listen. See, that was like on the side of the tape that we never listened to. Yes, the That's tape. my favorite Billy Ocean song. Sorry, uh, but... When the going gets tough is what we listen to. And yeah. now I, as I listen to the lyrics, I was like, I shouldn't have been listening to this in kindergarten. But things didn't matter in the late 80s, early 90s like that, I guess. So, so like, no real experience with music. Like, I remember a day in junior high school when kids were like, do you know this band? Do you know who Oasis is? And they would list off a bunch of bands, and I just said yes to all of them. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Just leave me alone. I'm just trying to eat a peanut butter sandwich. Go away. (laughs) So, seventh grade comes around, and I'm still, like, awkward and nerdy, and, you know. And then. So much charm life came on the radio, uh-huh. and I really like that song because. Uh, do, 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 do. Hey, hey, those are great lyrics. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's just it's, it's a catchy it's song. song. It's yeah. so iconic. The minute you yeah. hear that song, you're like, I remember, I love this song. Yeah. When you listen to the lyric, and you're like, you're like, now it's like, oh, he's talking about meth. Oh no! When, <laughs> don't do it. Sing this when, as a when you no. when you said what album it was, I was like, Third Eye Blind, really? I don't want to listen to it. And I was like, Semi Semi Oh yeah, I remember this. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. like, Oh okay, yeah, yeah. I, I could see, yeah, yeah. So like, that's <laughs> like my favorite albums or whatever. No, it's not one of my favorite albums. But like, after this, I started getting into music. Mm-hmm. Before this, I was like, well, whatever's playing, and, you know, yeah, Michael Jackson, Dangerous. It's a great, we have the cassette in the van. Yeah. I, I, I have that I have that cassette, too. Oh, it's wonderful. Oh. I'm not saying anything bad about Michael right. Jackson, Dangerous. I'm just no. saying, like, you should expand your, you know, besides what's in your parents' cassette case right. in the minivan. Right. Because sometimes it's only Steely Dan and Donald Fagan, <laughs> who is half of Steely Dan. <laughs> so you have double the Steely Dan. Whatever, I still would like love that. Uh, I, I still would love to listen to Steely Dan because it, it's nostalgic at this point. But we're talking about Third Eye Blind. Um, so many songs. It's I, I, I know, like there are a bunch of hit songs, but I, I I think Losing a Whole Year is one of the best songs. First oh, yeah. track on there. Narcolepsy, I think, might be my favorite. Um, and then Semi Charmed Life. Jumper is you know been in a lot of stuff. And it's so I, good. I actually <laughs> heard it in the car on the way here. Jesus. I was. <laughs> 
Yeah, hey, yeah. Bad. Like it was playing on the radio as I got out of the car to come so, here. So. so the first time I I heard that song, because um, I don't listen to the radio a lot. I hate the radio. I hate the, the radio. Just mm-hmm. I didn't have my aux cable for my yeah. phone. So. so so the first time I ever heard that song actually was from the Jim Carrey movie Yes Man. Oh jeez, that's a good cover. <laughs> I ain't got <laughs> That is the first time well, I've heard I, that. Is that song. when he's trying to talk uh, Luis Guzman? Yeah. Yeah. Luis yes. Guzman yeah. is on the yes. I hated that movie. 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 It was a terrible, crappy movie. It but was. then that came on, and I was like, "Hey, Third Eye Blind is back." That's <laughs> that's on this. This was their most successful album, and each one got a little less successful. I actually haven't listened to their 2009 Ursa Major album. Mm. Blue was a little bit too overplayed on the radio because that was back in the day when you still listen to the radio. But right. I still like those songs. Would you Would you say that Ursa Major album was unbearable? <laughs> uh, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't listened to it. Um, Graduate, that was on the Can't Hardly Wait soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, you guys uh-huh. know that. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going to be? It's good. Thanks a lot. Man, yeah, Burning Man. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. London. I love London. Um, I want you's good. The background is kind of slow and sad. Motorcycle drive by God of Wine. Those are also kind of like slow. I think it really like, you know, the first, you know, five, six songs out of the gate are really good. Yeah. And it slows down. But this, this, um, so back to nerdy junior high school me, mm-hmm. um, my parents, seventh grade, you know, this came out. Seventh grade, they were like, we're going to take you on a surprise spring break to the whole family. Uh-huh. So my grandmother, my three sisters, and I get in the car and just start driving south from Indianapolis. And where are we going to go? We don't know. We mm-hmm. usually went to South Carolina, and we're headed that way, headed that way. And then all of a sudden, we don't turn in Chattanooga to head to Georgia, to mm-hmm. head to South Carolina. I'm like, oh, where could we be going? Finally, we get it out of our parents. We're going to, to Panama City Beach. Uh-huh. Little did they know that MTV had just left Panama City Beach doing uh-huh. one of their MTV summer or their uh-huh. MTV spring break kind of right. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were the only family in our entire <laughs> hotel. Like it was a bunch of condos and we were the only ones in there. And it was like all of the high school kids in Georgia had just come a little bit south. And it was oh a nonstop drunken like mess for the whole week. I believe it. And so I was, I, and next door at this club, Third Eye Blind played. Oh, so I sat no on the balcony. Way. And this goes back to talking about, you know, Real Big Fish is great in concert. Third Eye Blind, like, they just played their, their album in mm-hmm. the order that it's on the album. Mm-hmm. So I was a little disappointed at that, but I was also like, I'm totally watching Third Eye Blind from right next door. <laughs> We're high enough I can see over the club wall. <laughs> My voice changed that week. I didn't go through a couple of months. It was like, boy, there sure are a lot of girls around at the beginning of the week to like, so, baby. <laughs> so after this, I got more into music and kind of, you know, branched out and liked my own stuff. And mm-hmm. it stayed, you know, rock alternative, you know, yeah. since then. And gone back and discovered stuff from earlier in the 90s and in the 70s. And That's whatever what's so else. interesting so, is yeah. when you have been defined by maybe like a certain kind of music in your life. And then you branch out. You you hear something, yeah. which leads you to tons of other things you've never heard before. Yeah, you know what I mean. I love yeah. that. So it was it was helpful in that kind of getting me to to oh I should I should be looking into you know all these bands that people are talking about and mm-hmm. not just listen to you know Ace of Base on the radio, <laughs> like whatever else crap is playing. Yeah. So, uh, Wait, all that she wants is another baby. Don't you don't you identify with that song? You know, I was, I had forgot about that song. You are <laughs> well. It's stuck in my head again. I, sorry. I was talking about that. One now. Oh, sorry, not sorry. Um, that was kind of the same thing with the Beatles for me. Like, I was obsessed with the Beatles, but then that got me into, like, oh, God, what's this band Led Zeppelin all about? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, just like all of a sudden, 
classic rock came yeah. alive and like yeah. just sparked this huge thing. I, I learned about like, I learned about the Rolling Stones because of uh, yeah. because of the Beatles, right? And some people like I think my dad Beatles or Stones. He always said you know Stones. He likes the Stones better. But Fred and I, Barney. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah you, you, know, you can have both. I um. <laughs> Favorite albums ever? I, I don't know. It'd be it'd be tough to say. You know, Led Zeppelin Four is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't pick a Black Key. That Black Keys are my favorite band. I couldn't yeah. pick a favorite album. I'd have to like. So I want them all. Right. That, so is, well, that like, is. Exactly my dad really loves blues and rock, and it's right there on the uh-huh. line between the two, and it's perfect. Uh, that that is my, in my opinion, the best kind of music. My favorite kind of music, blues rock, just how they do it, and they oh, can yeah. do no wrong. Um, and their cover of, um, crap, what's the Beatles song that they cover? She, I'm going to look this up, but, um, also another favorite album is the Fratelli's Costello music. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like happy peppy music, right. like Real Big Fish, it's more of like rock and stuff, but it's still mm-hmm. really great. Um, John she said, she said. Oh, oh that's okay. right. It's an incredible cover, and yeah. they're amazing live. But that's the Black Keys. We're talking about Third Eye Blind. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so if you feel like you need a trip to the late 90s, back when MTV still played music, um, back when, uh, I don't know Tears. what else was happening back then. I, I tried to block out a lot of that year, but <laughs> the music was good. So that's what I that's what I picked, and I hope everyone enjoyed the trip oh, yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, it's a great album. Yeah, I, I mean, still it, love it, 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 I <laughs> personify the 90s, then I would use Losing a Whole Year, Semi-Charmed Life, Jumper, and How's It Gonna Be would yeah. all be right oh, yeah. there for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What about It Was a Good Day by Ice Cube? Today was a good day. <laughs> I don't know if you know this about me. That I'm really white, so but I love hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> it's my life right now. I, I uh, yeah, London, since we moved a lot, mm-hmm. and like when he's like, I don't want to go to London, I, I would that would be one where I'd play, and it would just be like, I don't want to go... To, to the other high school or mm-hmm. the other junior high school across town because we moved in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to Utah from Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got here and I was like, oh, skiing and the Olympics are here and there's a whole week off for skiing and we're not going to go to school because of the Olympics and it's easier and and the, and the skiing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Utah so, pride. Whew. Yeah. All right. It worked out. Three great albums. Does Aldo have one he wants to share with our listeners? Now that today? we're done with the great albums, we can move on to Aldo. <laughs> Come on, I like it. I his his album could buy and sell our albums. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not Rubber Soul, but no, well, well, I would sell. Them. No, that's not a bad. Speaks. Well, I recorded that. My bad. <laughs> I'm, no, I got buddy. I got time notations here for Brady, so he. And now on NPR, we're going to kick up the bass and pump up the volume. Dance, dance. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the album I chose, it's the same thing as John, actually. It's not like my, you know, nobody gave it to me, no, no, uh, like I don't have any deep You were on seated... your deathbed with all your children around yeah. you, and this wasn't Melody the album it didn't, it, didn't, it didn't help me cope with any like big events in my life. If, if anything, it's probably what sparked my interest in like listening to more than just the music, like listening to like the lyrics and like mm-hmm. figuring out about the person behind the music. Like that's kind of what did. And mm-hmm. that album is Kanye West's 2004 debut hit. Uh, the College Dropout. Oh, yeah. Album one of the College Trilogy before he made 808s and Heartbreaks and then kind of went crazy. Yeah, um, kind of. 
Yeah. <laughs> kind of. I, I still, I still persist that he created a persona and now he's in too deep and he can't break it. That's probably not wrong. <laughs> because uh, I, he's I, like I, subliminally messaged himself into thinking he is that persona. He goes, he goes home and he's just like, I can't break it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Um. So, so this was Kanye West's uh, debut album. Um. This is the first. Uh. This is the first album I listened to of, of Kanye West. Mm-hmm. Because this was, uh, I think it was listening on VH1, not MTV, because MTV does a lot of like rock and roll. VH1 yeah. expands out of that. And in the mornings, they would play music videos and then, mm-hmm. you know, their crappy reality TV shows for the rest of the day. And I would wake up early to go to school, and sometimes I would wake up a little earlier and put MTV on and listen to that. Yeah. And that's when I listened to Through the Wire. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> which, which is, which John doesn't like it, but it's actually one of my favorite. Kanye West songs, not even because I, I like the song, but because of of what happened right. to create that song, which was uh, a few years back, he was in a car accident. He fell asleep at the wheel and crashed head on into another car. Mm-hmm. And his condition was so bad, his his face had to be like reconstructed. Mm-hmm. His mouth was wired shut in order to help him heal. And instead of doing what any person should do and listen to the doctor, he wrote a song and then wrapped the song while still having his mouth wired literally through the wire mm-hmm. through the wire and so the whole the, that whole song talks about how how he you know how how in one moment you can have a bright future and in a single moment it can also be taken away and it's it's kind of interesting to hear him like talk about that and this is one of the reasons why I love Kanye Kanye really started a trend uh, that a lot of people refer to as alternative hip hop because the the rap that was coming out of the 90s and into the 2000s was a gangster rap. You had Tupac, yeah. Ice Cube, Dre, all the all these kind of big... Generic crunk rap. Yeah, exactly. So you had all these people who were singing rap for the sake of singing rap to people who listened to rap. It was a very closed environment. For the most part, yeah. Um, and so well, what Kanye... Well, that can be debated, but anyway. Yeah. And so, so what Kanye did, he, he rapped about the same stuff. He, you know, rapped about drugs in the neighborhoods, guns and violence. Yeah. But it was personal. It wasn't about the life of the community. It was about how his life was affected by it, how he dealt with it, how he was scared, how he wanted to get out. It wasn't about, you know, all these people. It wasn't about his friends and family. It wasn't and glorifying it. it. He wasn't glorifying it either, yeah. And that's one of those things that Kanye did that not a lot of rappers did at the time. A lot of them do it now because of him, but he made his rap more personal than it was. And rap's always been a personal thing. Absolutely. If you guys have seen Straight Outta Compton, it's about the reality of where they live in. Absolutely. Right? They're not just pulling it from nothing. It's, it's happening right. to them. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so with Kanye's thing, it, it became a personal thing. And Kanye didn't come exactly from a... A, you know, a street background. Yeah. He, he was pretty well off at age 19. He was already producing records. Mm-hmm. So he had this very different background, but he had a different set of problems, and that's kind of the stuff he he raps about. Uh, one of my yeah. other favorite songs is, uh, I think it's All Falls Down. I love All Falls Down. I love, oh man. All Falls Down talks about his own insecurities, about mm-hmm. how he feels. Like one of my favorite things in there is he talks about how when he leaves the house, he has to make sure he has a clean shirt on. He has to make sure he has a, you know, one of his gold watches. He has to make sure that he's looking like this image that he's created, and now he can't get out of it because mm-hmm. he, he feels that people are going to judge him for not being that. Yeah. Right. 
and that's one of those really interesting things that he that he did, and I found out about that when I started reading about him. And sorry, I'm just. Uh, anyways, um, oh, <laughs> so when I started like reading about him, uh, I was following the news on on him when a new album or a new single came out. I was like, what, what, what's, what's this one about? And then he came out with Jesus Walks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, he's he's very Christian, he's very Catholic. And this was interesting for me because this was at a time when I was actually getting away from religion. I uh, This was when I was becoming agnostic. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of interesting to hear him, somebody who I was really starting to like, really like, and just kind of go the complete opposite direction I was going when it came to that term of, of religion. And it's one of those things where he's also not preaching he's not telling people you gotta believe in jesus right you know jesus is the best religion of all time right whatever Mm -hmm. he talks about just how he needs religion how how it's important to him and that song actually helped me realize how even though i have my own thoughts on religion i i hate i hate man-made institutions it's dumb anyways I want to. I want to. I really want to hate Kanye, but then you're like, "Well, help me figure out God." Now you're, oh, dang it! It's. <laughs> I wanted to hate it so bad, it, he, and I didn't hate it, but I wanted to hate it so bad. He, like, <laughs> the way Kathy need the way Kathy Lee needed Regis, and this is the way I needed Jesus. Mm-hmm. That when you, when you think about it in that sense, oh that's gosh. that's kind of that's kind of it. He's saying, you know, it's it's what I need. It's you know mm-hmm. the way the same way somebody needs something, something as as kind of yeah. trivial as Kathy Lee needing Regis. Right, they're, they're a pair that goes together. Yep. Yep, and it rhymes. Makes for a good rhyme. <laughs> Mostly it rhymes. <laughs> um, um, so, uh, so to me that was that was kind of the, the thing about Kanye, especially this album. And, and you know, I was fourteen, so I was like, I was like, uh, I don't know if I should be listening to this. There's a lot of there's a lot n word in here. Because um, <laughs> he does do that, and and it, you know, if if I was to talk about my favorite Kanye album this actually would not be it but oh, this, this is, isn't my favorite one either no i'm I actually i'm actually a really big fan of his uh my dark beautiful twisted fantasy that's a it's a good it's, album it's a fantastic one yeah mm-hmm. um but ever since then i've i followed kanye and it's kind of been like this weird uh you know how people like cry when when like prince died or when you know David Bowie died mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. because it's people whose music has been there for them their whole lives and yeah. something that's like it's been there. It's just been this consistent thing. Right. Since 2004, Kanye West has been like this consistent force in my life. Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying if you listen to Kanye, you're going to understand who I am. But it's one of those things where he's, he's, he's a consistent thing. It's like, just, I just unapologetically love Kanye. And Kanye was also the reason I, I learned to defend my opinions. And it wasn't because of this album. This is kind of part of that whole journey. Because when he kind of went off the crazy boat after 808s and heartbreak, went off the crazy boat. He drove it into the Titanic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. When, he is the captain of the crazy boat. When, when he went nuts, it, it, it stopped being cool to like Kanye, because all of a sudden he was he was a tool and an idiot. And, you, and at this point, this was where I was like, "No, screw you guys. I still like Kanye." Even if he is crazy and weird. So you so you turned into the skid, as it were, and <laughs> stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't can't fault you for that for not you know you know jumping off the bandwagon. Yeah. So for sure. so it's uh, so it's been one of those things where he's kind of the, a lot of the reason why I 
I listen to music. I I I study like the history of like artists. I, I study the discography. Mm -hmm. He's he's mm -hmm. kind of the person that opened me up to have a more like investigative mind when it comes to to music and artists yeah. and just like in movies in general. Like I probably wouldn't be a critic or or thinking about like movies and actors and stuff like that the way mm -hmm. I do now. Mm -hmm. Right. If it hadn't been for this for this album. Mm -hmm. And so now because this album was so kind of personal to him. Mm -hmm. When I watch a movie or I read a book, and I'm like, this feels really personal. I I kind of, I can start kind of feeling that. Like when you watch a movie and you're like, I think there's a little. I think the director probably, yeah, mm -hmm. put a little bit more of himself into this, and that's kind of where that, where to me like that. Happened. Oh yeah, right. I think Kanye was a pinnacle for a lot of people, especially people coming into themselves around yeah. that time. He really identified like. A lot of people really identified with what he was talking about, even if they didn't experience that kind of stuff personally. Yeah, they still really felt whatever it they was. They put themselves to in a similar situation. Yeah, yeah. So put this in like a historical context, as far as like, I am white. I'm emphasizing <laughs> the H because of how white how I white am. He is. Like, there's Caucasian, and then there's like. Whoo! You can't dance, can you? No. Grandfather, a can of white paint. Oh, well, my grandmother was a polar bear, like white. So, did this? Do you think change rap, as it were? Is he a good rap? I, I feel like I should have wore glasses to push him up my nose more. Yeah. I feel like I feel like it whiter the more I talk about it, and like. I, 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 I think what it did to the rap industry is that it showed that it's it's uh, it's uh, first of all it showed them it's okay to take a, ri a risk yeah because mm -hmm. because sure. everybody was just getting okay Con uh, Jay Z's from the streets and his friend is from the streets let's give him an album oh this guy got shot let's give him an album mm -hmm. it was it was very much this very kind of ecosystem of rappers and specific criteria was needed in order to be marketable as a rapper mm -hmm. and he he broke that. If you look at a lot of rappers now, or even hip-hop artists and, and rappers, a lot of them don't come from that same street background anymore. Mm -hmm. You, you kind of have a bigger variety. You have people who uh, came in privileged. Will Smith did. Because <laughs> <laughs> he oh. raps. He raps happy. <laughs> he got accepted to like uh -huh. MIT uh -huh. and didn't go. Mm -hmm. He couldn't afford it. <laughs> Or as, That's em, a real or, story, or as Eminem it? said, Will Smith don't, don't let us wear in his record, so F him and F you too. <laughs> <laughs> I do, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, he kind of opened up that, that door. He kind of helped create a different type of, of rap. And, I mean, rap's always been personal, and I think yeah. he just made it even more so. And he made it in a way that I don't think it was inten his intention to, like, sell to white people, quote, unquote. Mm -hmm. But I think he made it easier to get into, like, hip-hop well, and rap. Well, yeah, I would say that Eminem probably was the first stepping stone yes. in making it okay for <laughs> white people, the white folk, to like rap. Yeah. Just because it was kind of different what he was doing. I mean, mm -hmm. he was white, which was Counterpoint, different. Counterpoint, Beastie Boys. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Fair agree enough. with the counterpoint, because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he was one of the first few to, like, make it seem... Readily available to all sources, you know what right. I mean? Yeah, because people, and, cause, like, you listen to a lot of the lyrics in the rap music, it's like, I can't relate to this, I'm a suburban white kid, right. I, I, and I, I can't, can't sing along with some of these <laughs> lyrics because I would get shot. I, I would get shot. Might hear. Yeah. It's that scene from Office Space when Michael Bolton is singing along to rap, but he has to roll up his window. Right. 
I, I, I'm somebody sorry, comes by I, and he's like, huh? I, I can't really relate to Gangsta's Walk, Pimp's Gonna Talk. I, I, I can. <laughs> I can. So I am worried about I, it. Yeah. Emily, Emily's got us covered. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, boo-boos. But yeah, I would say Kanye, definitely. I didn't realize he had been a producer accessible. before this. Yeah. I thought he just appeared out of nowhere as a tool bag. Yeah, so uh, yeah. so that's like that's kind of interesting. It's interesting because a lot of rappers have like their mixtape that's them recorded in a friend's garage mm-hmm. that they pass around. With, like, like some beat. Yeah. They just have, like, the same beat for every song. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so so Kanye, like, and this this goes back to the whole thing of Kanye not fit in that mold, mm-hmm. was that he had, like, professional, you know, quality mixtapes right. that he was trying to sell around because, no, because they, they didn't want to give him that. They didn't want to give him that one because he wasn't street. So yeah. he, he made these things and right. nobody would give them to him. Everybody was like, no, you should just stick to producing. So he produced his own album. Go shoot somebody, then talk. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so he produces his own album, and they still won't let him be a rapper until he until he convinces. Um, uh, I think it was the uh, the president or one of the directors of Rockefeller Records to release uh, through the wire uh-huh. on radio, and it, it was it had such positive um, feedback. Feedback. Thank you. It was such positive feedback. They were like, okay, well. Maybe you're worth taking a chance on, and and they did, and look where he is now. Oh yeah, yeah. right. I have to say, for better or worse, you know. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, like as a kid, like I always loved like the late '80s, early '90s, mm-hmm. old school hip hop rap. Like we were yeah. talking about, yeah, like Will Smith. Yeah, but you know, I've I been, think... in, I, I listen to Criss Cross. I know what you're talking about. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Criss Cross will make you <laughs> jump, jump. McDaddy will make you jump, jump. No, but I know like, man, I loved. Anyway, I love like MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, this is 10 year old Nate, right? <laughs> <laughs> Vanilla <laughs> Ice was the pinnacle. The, right. Before the, Go before, ninja. We, before the culture knew what rap really was, we right. had. Yeah. 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 Um, but um, I, th- I think you're right about Kanye. I think that he kind of took something that had just become generic. Like, I call it generic crunk rap. Yeah. And and he did change it into something more personal. And, um, and there, I mean, there's a lot more to rap than just yeah. generic things. Yeah, there People is. who are there listening, are. like. Rep is deep. We're not saying it's some single path. I could talk about it for a long time. Yeah. Right. About my vast opinions of how things come from where and whatever. But like, yeah, like when uh, Kanye was definitely yeah. he changed. The and I, I think one of the sure. one of the other interesting things was like he he, I think one of the things I liked about him was like he didn't just talk about you know the problems he had when he was young. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the problems he has like now. Now. Mm-hmm. That he's like rich and famous, which a lot of rappers don't do because a lot of rappers. Don't don't ever get out of that. They're well, at least back then. The yeah, exactly. So so well, even. Aren't you, Brady? <laughs> oh yeah. So I am definitely about the thug life. I think seventy-five <laughs> percent. I think seventy-five percent of the NBA is thug life. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So like even even though they're selling they're like still making more money than all of us. <laughs> so even even though rappers are making like multi-billion-dollar records and they're. Going platinum, they're still about that thug life, and they're still like talking about the game wars and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And Kanye is just like, "Yo, Doug, I spent too much money, and I don't know what to do with myself, and it's actually tearing me apart inside." Uh, I didn't shoot anybody, but I think I got a problem. It it almost sounds ridiculous. <laughs> it it does. It's it's it's, it's, it's charming. It's very much that first world problems right. type thing. It's first world rap problems. Um. Now, I said it as a joke when we first talked about that we were going to do this. I was like, I'm going to force you guys to listen to some Kanye. And I didn't do it just just to make you guys listen to some Kanye. Um, he's actually kind of important to me. 
But I want to get everybody's opinion on on this album of Kanye as he was circa 2004. Right, because a lot of a lot of people in this group, you may be able to tell, <laughs> are not quite. <laughs> some of these gentlemen are not fans of Kanye. I I like Kanye. He's kind of crazy, but I respect him as a musician entirely. I I have no beef there for sure. No. So so Brady, let let me know about yeah, Kanye. <laughs> now now now, is it just um, Kanye that's not for you, or or the genre it's, it's, as a whole? It's, it's the genre as a whole. Gotcha. It's, it's yeah. not for me. I mean the. <laughs> I, I, I can appreciate where a lot of his, you know, a lot of his lyrical ability, he is able to come up with some, you know, some crazy ideas mm-hmm. and actually make them work. I mean, who would have thought? that a song like the new workout plan could work as a song. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, come on. That's, that's pretty that, crazy. That, that, that's absolutely insane. But it's not something I want to listen to ever mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. But, I mean, I, I so I, I can appreciate his talent as a lyricist, but I, yeah. I, 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 I want my music performed live and not mixed and then have a rapper. Okay, so he's not going to get down, girl, go, hey, get down. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of, one That's of the interesting problem. things about Kanye, one of the things that really made him stand out as a producer was actually the fact that he was really good at sampling music. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was looking at music that I do like. It's near to that area. And <laughs> Little Roots came on. <laughs> so, so that is actually interesting because there's songs I didn't realize that he sampled music from I thought mm-hmm. were original and no it turns out he samples most of his things to mm-hmm. the point where you sometimes can't even tell it's it's another song yeah. right well All Falls Down he pulls it's that Lauren Hill song Mystery something so yeah and he he had to get something to, yeah. uh, to cover for it because they couldn't get the actual rights for it mm-hmm. uh, Nate what are your thoughts on Jesus? my thoughts on Jesus <laughs> no, Jesus with a Y that's what he calls himself now I don't right. understand why Jesus. Um, you don't understand why I, I just follow it that's the ultimate <laughs> he, just, it's just really blasphemous that's what I'm going <laughs> to say think well, about his, his high opinion of himself yeah right well he thought to himself how can I be the black version of Charlie Sheen <laughs> and just started going all out <laughs> except unlike Charlie Sheen he still has a profession <laughs> He does still have a career. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Nate. Yeah, I'm riding this train right off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of this album? Um, it's not really my bag either, but um, <laughs> but I mean, but I have an open mind, and mm-hmm. not that Brady doesn't. Brady has an open mind too. He does. Um, it's it's not my thing. Um, a lot of things aren't my thing unless they were, <laughs> like. They've been at least five years old, <laughs> um, but but at the same time, no, I can see why people would like it, and I can see why it would influence people, and hopefully, it influences rap in a way where people can be themselves and not just rapping about drugs, sex, and money. Yeah, right. You know, so John, you don't like that song about hoes in different area codes? <laughs> I forget who sings I'm just that. It's like that clutch song where he says, if I had money like Henry Ford, I'd have me a woman on every road. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I Here's my experience with Kanye West. Who's that guy shoving Taylor Swift out of the way? What's, yeah, what's right. that was pretty stupid. <laughs> hey, that guy's an idiot. I got a lot to say about that. And then he popped anyway. up on TV again. Hey, that guy's an idiot. Hey, that guy's an idiot. Hey, he's marrying an idiot. 
<laughs> they're making oh those poor children. Those poor children. Oh, they're having babies. Oh, those poor children. Who's going to take care of those poor children with these idiots? What? <laughs> oh, he does music of his own. Well, I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> and so I just avoid it because I was like, well, I don't really like rap. And, again, the whiteness. Um, I was like, I don't know. It's just, it's not for me, whatever. And, like, there's a, like, a handful of songs. I, I accidentally hit play on this great, great album. It's John Legend and the Roots. Um, yeah. They do old civil rights songs, and it's amazing. It's a really great album, mm-hmm. and and that Outcast uh, one most deaf song. And that's <laughs> that's my toe in the water. <laughs> Hip hop is a great song, and uh, yeah. Anyway, so I was like, oh great, I have to listen to Kanye West. I hate this guy, and I wanted to hate it so bad. And and some of the songs I did hate, and some of them I was like, hey, this isn't bad. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. besides just like, hey, this is a good beat. It was also like, oh, okay, he's you know he's singing about stuff that's important to. Okay. It's like a All box right. of They're chocolates where you're like, oh, this one's good. Oh, uh, this coconut. One, this one tastes yeah. like toothpaste. Yeah, you okay. know what you know what the coconut one was? Uh, school spirit. <laughs> Couple of woos coming on, cause woo, there there was. Um, didn't like that. I didn't like how it. Dis- I love how it's described. I didn't know this was a thing. That the chipmunk soul production style. Yeah. The sped up pitch shifted vocal samples. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't like that. That high pitched kind of oh, auto tuny wow. kind of. Didn't need that. I think without that, I would have liked everything overall much better. I'm not too fond of it, but it's very much kind of like Billy Corgan and being nasally. Yeah. It just kind of. This is kind of. The Do I thing. still love? To- I love hey, Smashing hey, Pumpkins. Come on. Yeah. Isn't there other rules about like if you if you grew up in the nineties, like you can't say anything bad about Smashing Pumpkins or Nirvana? <laughs> right. Or um there's a lot of Everclear. Like Everclear. Everclear sucks. <laughs> it sucks so bad. All the songs sound the same and you shut up. <laughs> Chris, John if you're listening to this later. Yeah, that's directed at you and your love of Everclear. They're terrible. <laughs> yes, I know all of Green Day's songs sound similar too, but it's different. Why is it different? Because Everclear sucks. That's why it's different. It makes me feel. We've sad. had we've had like almost fist fights about fist fights about this. Um, I liked. Hold on, Never Let Me Down. Mm-hmm. That wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Jesus Walks. At first, I was like, no, okay, and then it just got crazy for me. Yeah. Um, through the wire, I was like, I didn't know Kanye had a lisp. What's he to... Oh, he had his mouth wired shut. Yeah, you shouldn't rap if you have your mouth wired shut. So I didn't have the personal connection to it. Um, Last Call started off good, and then it got crazy, where he's just talking. Yeah. All of this also, by the way, I should mention, I had on in the background while I was playing Skyrim, because I'm way behind on my video games. And (laughs) now I've beaten the game and gotten other stuff, and so it's just like, oh, I'm looking for stuff to hit. Yeah. You know, wandering around because it's a huge map, and I'm just like, do, do, do. Oh, there's still one dragon left alive. Hey, Kanye's singing about something. And so, I, I mean, I, I listened to yeah. it. I gave it a chance. I would I would say that maybe this is not the, the entry into rap that I would need mm-hmm. to like it more. Um, I think that there's some things that I liked there. I don't know if I would. Uh, I think that his personality is overshadowed. Yeah. Because, like, it gets to a point when I'm like, yeah, but he sucks. Like, you know, <laughs> he's, it's too much of, like, the, like, reality TV. Like, he's, uh, you know, always up. Something is going on, and it's always, you know. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. You, you're, you're saying that Kanye West, who married a Kardashian, is reality TV-esque? Is that, is that what you're saying? Because I, I, I'm, I'm not quite getting that. 
oh, because I was laying it on pretty thick. <laughs> Let me try again. <laughs> Boo! And that's, and that's one of those things where, like, and I, I mentioned this beforehand, I, I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I've, I have this kind of ability, like a mutant power, to separate, <laughs> to separate the artist from the art and yeah. listen to something on a technical aspect. And I think Kanye West music really shines on a technical aspect. But Kanye West is a person slash persona. Ah, uh, because I believe he's a persona. Um, he is now. If he wasn't <laughs> when he made this album, um, it, it just—it's terrible. He's—he's uh, he's, and he entertains me because I never know what he's gonna do next. It's true. Um, yeah, like like when he said on national TV that George Bush hates black people. I mean, it's not a lie, but he also didn't need to say it and <laughs> and embarrass poor Mike Myers on national TV for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Needless to say. All you hip hop and rap fans out there, me and Aldo got you back. Don't got worry. you, got you, boost. And I, I'd be boost. willing to listen to more, but I think I would need like a, a rap curator who's like, "Hello, white boy." I got you. I think We're gonna pick some music the, for you. The thing about rap, especially a lot of like people like Kanye, is you can't, you can't listen to the whole album. If it had been up to me, I would have given you guys like nine songs, three from each of the college uh, trilogies mm-hmm. albums, um, because his albums as a whole. It's not so yeah. much that he's going for an album as much as it's like a collection of songs. Yeah, like yeah. We were talking about it earlier. Yeah, 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 very yeah. Much. Some albums, it is just like, well, this is what we've been playing on the road. Let's put it together and then we'll make a new yeah. album. Yeah, later. He, yeah. He really didn't start making cohesive like albums until he started doing like uh, My Dark Beautiful yeah. Fantasy. Yeah. He did uh, N Words in Paris. Uh, no, something on the throne and a couple other ones. Um, so those are. Mark- concept albums yeah a little bit more they, they hit specific themes um right instead of just rapping about his life speaking of albums that don't follow a cohesive single line of thought we'll move on to mine it is a best of album it's played in space the best of something corporate Ooh. does everybody feel about 15 16 years old right now yeah you put me in a time machine and <laughs> i was back in 2002 i was like oh because so I did not know something corporate at all, me, me, at me all, until yeah. I listened to them. You'd never heard any of these? Nope, I oh, never man. heard any of these. Songs. I had heard a few. It's it's definitely a particular. It's from the what I call the drive-through records era, when drive-through records was still a record company. Because this is very pop, rock, punk kind of. The style that you would have heard from those guys, like the starting line, all time low, stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know what I mean? If you listen to Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, this was his first band. Um, he, they, they joined when he was probably like 16. He was in high school. So a lot of these songs speak very well to those between the ages of 15 to about 22. There's little samplings of each because that's the time in his life that these songs were coming out and he was writing these songs and releasing them. So, Something Corporate has a special place in my heart because I started listening to Something Corporate at a... I was in high school when I started listening to Something Corporate. It's funny because I was on YouTube a lot in that time, kind of in the earlier days of it, and I saw this video for Punk Rock Princess from this band called Something Corporate. I'm like... And this wasn't even a kind of music I was listening to at that point. I was still listening to a lot of, like, Britney... In sync, like very, very obviously pop, or whatever my parents were listening to, or hip hop. You know what I mean? Just like whatever else was going on in my house besides my little circle of pop smallness. Right. And I heard this song, and I'm like, 
kind of like this, I kind of like this beat. Like, I kind of like this, like, a lot. But, like, it's just a song. I'm not going to worry about it. And then I started listening to more, and then I met somebody else who knew who Something Corporate was, and I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Somebody knows. And they're like, have you heard Jack's Mannequin? And I'm like, no. <laughs> so I started listening to that, and then obviously more to Something Corporate. Um, and, I mean, the songs are very much, I'm in high school, love sucks, but it doesn't. But they're also, like, kitschy, smart-ass kind of kid kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I think like smart but <laughs> there are a lot of bands that kind of go for that like teenage angst mm-hmm. or whatever. I think this is one of the examples of it doing it well and, and oh, absolutely. like the best possible version, you know. Oh yeah. Cuz all of the songs on this album, I mean it's a compilation album. All mm-hmm. of these songs are include some of their most popular songs and they all kind of take you on a little bit of a journey of their own and you go through a lot of different kinds of things. Like even the first song on the album, it's from their um North album, I think it's on that album, which was the last album that they released as the band. Um, but it's talking about how he's with this person or was with this person, and they're kind of, you know, getting on a little too aggressively, and it's like, hey, back off, lady. Kind of need to face it, you. Just me. Let's see how we go from there. You know what I mean? And it's like hard and rocking, and you're super into it. And you're like, man, I feel so good. Get out of my face, man. I'm so happy about it. And then the next one, I woke up in a car, which is one of their first really big hits. Um, he's just talking about his journey across the country and his band. And like, you're like, I totally identify with this, except I'm not a musician. But like, I totally, right, I've totally been through these journeys. I've lived life, man. I'm 16. I lived life. I got a tattoo once, you know. Um, even to She Paints Me Blue is probably one of my favorites on this album, just because it's, it's the first lovier song that I'd heard from the band. And it's a really short, simple song, but I loved it. And all of these songs throughout this album, they pull from a lot of different ideas of either I'm really angsty and I'm too smart for this, or I'm really in love with you, or I'm really not in love with you anymore, but I'm going to sing a really intense song about it because I'm a teenager. (laughs) Or I just hate you. Like, if you see Jordan which I think was probably their yeah. first big hit. Mm-hmm. It's talking about this, the lyrics are basically he's talking about this dude that he knew in high school that was kind of a jerkwad all the time. And they're talking about how high school's over. You kind of see where I'm at. Sucks for you. Don't like you. I'm cooler than you now. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't know. Those things that you wish that you could yell at the yes! kids that you hated. Yeah. Yeah, there's a song about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if if ever you choose to listen to this album, that's going to be the one for you. If that's what you're into. So Shane Chris isn't here because his his thing every year gifts a, like a Christmas gift for his friend was he would make Chris's cool holiday holiday mix. Uh-huh. And I, when I moved to Park City, uh, that was the year of Volume Four and vol- then Volume Five <laughs> was the next year. I forget which one, but Punk Rock Princess was on one of those. Mm-hmm. And they're both really great albums that he put together of all like music like this, a very of that time, um, and that's kind of what got me into you know this kind of music because I, I like you know moved there with like I think that was my um, uh, Cake and uh, Rage Against the Machine. I love Cake. I love Rage. <laughs> yeah, Cake. I almost said you know um, uh, pressure. No, no, no. What, fashion nugget for this but anyway mm-hmm. yeah like that it's a shame he's not here because he probably knows a lot about something corporate because mm-hmm. you know put him on a mix for everybody so oh yeah 
And I mean, but. this album, it's very much the same kind of style throughout. I, I was surprised how many of those I, like I had known, because I don't own any of their music, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden it was like, oh, a lot, it takes a, you down a memory lane for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's lot, at all yeah. what you were listening to at that point. A right. lot of them sounded like I, I probably would not have been able to put my finger on it had you just had it been just listening to this in the background. Mm-hmm. But had I been listening to this in the background, not knowing that I was listening to this song in corporate, I probably would have been like, "Oh man, all these a lot of these songs sound familiar. Like, where have I heard these right. from?" It was just at least to me that was it. But that's because yeah, I don't listen to the radio very mm-hmm. often. So. And again, because I hadn't really listened to any kind of pop punk kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. this is my favorite kind of music now. Like, yeah. I'll choose to listen to this kind of music over anything else any day, more often than not. Um, it opened up a whole new world of music for me. For, right. <laughs> Disney's a different story. <laughs> but it opened up a whole new world of music for me, and I think that this this whole compilation album opened doors that I didn't expect it to. For sure. And again, it came at a really influential time in my life, so I really identified with a lot of the songs, so I could sing them out and like really feel things. And it got me through a lot of things. And I'm still a fan of Andrew McMahon today. I met him last November, I think, for the first time. Oh. It's funny. He's really cool. If you if you're if you ever want to listen to some good stuff, anything he's written is really good. And I think also he was one of the first um, artist that I really listen to that his the piano is his instrument you know what I mean he's not just some guy only singing in a microphone or just playing a guitar or something like that his the piano is his instrument so that also inspired me to learn more than just classical stuff on the piano you know what I mean Kevin on Park's a good one for that yes. and me and the moon it mm-hmm. was like almost Ben Folds-esque oh yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah who does Brady love I, I, Ben <laughs> Folds I, I love Ben Folds and I almost chose a Ben Folds album I was that surprised, actually. Yeah, same here. But, yeah. I was so, not surprised that you chose the Ska album, though. Yeah. I'm wonder- <laughs> I think you might have been... I don't know. I think you had like brought up that album like first time I met you, or, you know, in the States, whatever. But right. right. Really fish. But, yeah, but uh, something corporate. Yeah. yeah. And, and any of these songs are songs I can listen to now. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... They're not songs that I feel like I'm too old for. Yeah, because you can grow out of some... Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. But I don't feel like I've grown out of any of these. And I can make any of these songs fit to any kind of occasion that I want to. <laughs> so, I, I wonder know. if I wonder if there's like... I don't know. I think this is good music. But I think that maybe if you hear a certain album, certain song or whatever at a certain time of your life that's really important, maybe you it becomes better for you because of a good time in your life. You know, you know. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if... I don't know. I think the music that we've all brought up is good in its own right. Absolutely. But I'm wondering, like, you know, if how how much can your nostalgia make something better right. by just, you mm-hmm. know. Because this is when I, you know, when I was seeing somebody and it went really well and this, this album's better, you know. I'm just saying that, like, you know, I listened, uh, I, listened, I, I, I got into Wham! Was... at a very important part of my life. Right. They're okay, guys. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I doubt that the Weird Al album, Alapalooza, was really as amazing. <laughs> that was such a cool band. Off in my head. That was such a fun album, though. I don't even know what ones are on there, but, yeah. Well, I love that this album, too. I, I can still share it with people who have never heard songs from this album mm-hmm. and a lot of people still like them like my husband hadn't really heard anything Andrew McManny in his lifetime just because that's not his style of music really or when, it, when that kind of music was his style of music he wasn't aware of 
anything directly records. So, and I got him to listen to Andrew McMahon stuff, and he doesn't love it, but he doesn't hate him, you know what I mean? Like, at all. Um, it's always good when you, you have some common ground as mm -hmm. far as music with your spell. So my wife and I are limited to um, Journey, Collective Soul, May, a few mm -hmm. others. Well, yeah. I like but I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll try too. to, May is really great. I'll try yeah. to sneak in, like, Van Halen, like, uh -huh. play some Journey, play some Van Halen, like, yeah. where, where there's a few similarities to try to, like, get her to move into another area, but, like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it hasn't worked so far. Oh, yeah. She, sure. she notices. I've been able to get my mom into Amberlin quite a bit. Yeah. Hmm. Uh-huh. My mom is kind of funny. She used to get into the same bands I would. I think it might have been her way to, to Bond. Hi, Skylar. You're going to say... Brady shrunk. <laughs> Temporarily joined by Brady Skyler. Who's super cute. He is we'll get his cute. opinions on music later. Amberlynn, though, you were saying. Oh, Amberlynn just, I don't know, my mom's funny. She used to, like, get into the same music I would and everything. And, and I don't know, it kind of made her a cool mom. <laughs> but, right. Um, I'm a I thought, cool mom. I thought she hated Led Zeppelin, and so I would play Led Sorry. Zeppelin 4, like, really, really quietly. And then one day I thought they were gone, so I blasted it. And my mom comes down and she's like, yeah, Led Zeppelin! <laughs> I was like, you like ah. them? We could have rocked out together this whole time! Right? It was uh, seriously like I four years. I it was like a four-year period Actually, of time. because of Brady, I found out my mom likes ska mm -hmm. yeah. like, quite a bit because really? I was listening to this. Really? Yeah. That's because so it sounds like mariachi Aldo music. has a cool mom. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it just has less tuba to it. There you dun, go. Dun, dun. Um, <laughs> No, but I was listening to to uh, the album, and I was she walked past my uh, kind of workspace, and she's like, "Are you listening to ska?" I'm like, "Not because I want to." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "I like that." I was like, "Okay." It makes you feel any better. My wife did the same thing when I was listening to Kanye. So <laughs> I waited till my wife was gone. <laughs> Didn't want to put her through the torture. No. She's got a baby on the way. Who knows what that would have done? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you said you hadn't heard any of. Something corporate before Brady? Oh no, I hadn't. What were your thoughts on it? Um, I I, I liked it. Yeah, I, I definitely did like it. Uh, I didn't really like his voice very much. Yeah, it's an acquired taste. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, yeah. It like, but he's so like, hot. Sorry, like Billy Corgan. His voice almost kind of reminded me of, you know, <laughs> how in TV shows when sometimes they'll have fake fans. Mm -hmm. Kind of reminded me of that. Well, he was like <laughs> sixteen, so yeah. Yeah, Not that his voice has changed much. So that is that is what you're listening to isn't a singer. It's a singer going through puberty. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> listening to puberty. Um, Brady, re Brady really likes Drive Shaft from Lost. <laughs> 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 he has the single of "You All Everybody." Yeah. Um, but I mean, there was there were some great songs there. Uh, I loved Constantine. I thought. Oh, it's beautiful. I thought it had some great build up to it, and he... you know that that's that's one thing that I love in music when. You can take a song and it builds on top of itself. Yes. It. It's one of the reasons why Foo Fighters is one of the most amazing bands oh. of yes. all time. And Constantine was a song that he wrote in high school about a girl that, that didn't end up being his wife. The wife, the girl he's married to right now is a lot of fun. They have a cute kid. But he wrote it about a girl that he dated in high school. Like These are lyrics of a teenager and that he can still make it so beautiful. I don't know. It just speaks to me as a human being. And then, like, I really loved um, Kavanaugh Park. Mm-hmm. Always good. And Me and the Moon. Yep. Um, Hurricane reminded me a lot of other people's 90s albums. I could see that. That we, that we listened to. I could definitely see that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I I, I liked it. Mm -hmm. 
I, I think that I think that his voice is an acquired taste that I would have to acquire a little bit more to yeah. really, you know, go out of my way to listen to it. But if it were to come up on my Pandora, I would skip it. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. Acquired voices are are kind of interesting things because you have really excellent bands, and, and the first time you listen to them, you're like, "Gosh, this band would be so much better without the, the singer." But as you listen to them even more, you're like, "I can't imagine this band without the singer." Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Like the, the, the iconic example of that is Rush. Oh, I yeah. Thought, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say Guns N' Roses. Oh, well, I hate Axel. Or Smashing Pumpkins. Or Smashing yeah. Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. My, I was like, gonna say Take <laughs> and Cambria. Well like I like I said earlier, Coheed and Cambria is one of my all-time favorite bands, and like it's a very acquired taste. Claudio Sanchez's voice is it's is kind of crazy, and sometimes it takes listening to albums a few times and getting the music from it mm-hmm. yeah. before the voice comes. Then when the voice comes, you're like, oh, this is awesome. I, right. I remember the the song that sold me on his voice uh-huh. was uh, Welcome Home. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was at that point I was like I could not imagine this with without his voice. Right, it, it's just that's the one that cemented it to me. And after that, right, I've just been like, okay. I mean, and he good. sings weird, and sometimes he pronounces words in a really strange way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it goes with the music, and the thing that's cool about it is all of their albums except one are a concept. Yeah, mm-hmm. or a concept. Well, and the, their lead singer Claudio Sanchez writes a comic book yeah, series, I was say that, and yeah. their music is a soundtrack to that comic book mm-hmm. series. That's so why so I found out, because I found out about them when I was working in a comic book yeah. store. Somebody came in, they were like, do you have this? Do you have this? I was like, yeah. And they're like, I can't wait to go home and listen to the album when I read this. So like, <laughs> right. Okay. It's do you crazy. guys think that musicians or movie stars are bigger stars? That's um, hard. Like, I feel I, like, I, mm, I feel like people fangirl harder over musicians than they do I think actors. you're, well, Prince was on the Golden Globes. Yes. yes. He got a standing ovation. Yeah. Like, movie stars jumped out of their chairs because Prince was there. Right. I think that's a special case. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I just, you know, th- talking about music, thinking about music, you know, I, I think it can be more personal. Like, you can have a really oh, close yeah. connection to a movie, yeah. but you're watching it, and it's kind of apart from you, unless there's a special situation. But, like, music... You know, we listen to it all the time. It's in the car with us. It's at home with us. It's when we're sleeping. It's yeah. when we're awake. Well, you know, wherever we are. And even when you're watching a movie, a lot of the scenes, there's music uh-huh. underneath guiding your emotions through right. what's occurring. Right. Yeah. Like Star Wars would not be Star Wars. No, without it would the music. not. Not it, even no. half. The, it would John be Williams, a I love you. cheesy space oh. opera without that music. Totally. <laughs> I, I would say that film is film is experienced mm-hmm. in general, but you know there is a too much interpretation that you can have in film, mm-hmm. whereas music is felt. Absolutely. So it's, it's absolutely. so it's more absorbed. So it's um, more of a like personal. Really, exactly. really good music is a result of emotions. Exactly. Yeah, right. so it's I a agree. result of, well, of there's feelings, a yeah. there's a short film I saw at Sundance a couple of years ago called Song of the Spindle, mm-hmm. and it talks about how your cells have neurons, and then those have neurons pretty much, and there's this thing called the spindle. And that's where we develop love for rhythm and harmony. Oh, yeah. And all living things have that in their DNA. Yeah. Which I think is pretty dang cool. Oh, yeah. Um, Except for my dad. All right. So apparently we actually ended up losing our last segment there, which is a shame because we had some very 
poignant and amazing thoughts on music. But we want to know your thoughts. So if you can just go ahead and go to our Facebook page, tell us what you think about this episode. Um, and make sure, if you haven't already, subscribe to us. And we'll keep on pumping out the great content as long as you guys keep on listening. So, until next time, this has been Reviews versus the World!